This is Boat Crew RPG with The Haunting. All right. You're experienced enough that let's assume that you've actually developed one or two spells that make it a little easier for you to take a hit if you accidentally need to get in that kind of a position. Yeah. Let's hope. With your understanding of life magic, you can easily make it so that you are capable of soaking lethal or even aggravated damage as a normal vanilla human okay. for as long as the spell is lasting. That's okay. a harder one to do. Okay. But it's one of those kind of things that is not a horrible idea to prep in advance for a moment like this. So it's like if a, you think there's a chance like that a, something might hit you. Like an energy shield or a buff kind of. Yeah, but since you have life magic, it's you're literally making your body supernaturally tough and resilient. Okay. And if you how... want to think vampire terms, because you're a little more familiar with that, imagine that you're temporarily giving yourself some fortitude okay. or turning your stamina into fortitude. And how do I go about doing that for myself and for my mouse? All right. That one is technically a vulgar spell because you're doing something that would be impossible if someone saw you taking a bullet and just saying, eh, at it. Here comes the paradox. <laughs> the potential of paradox, yeah. So this one is a vulgar spell without witnesses. So that's four plus the sphere that you're using. It takes all three dots of your life. So you have a difficulty of seven with this. But now that's here's my, where we get in. Hang on. So it's my magic. So my everyday four plus my life, which is three. So seven. No, your difficulty is seven. It's for the, is it for it? Your irritate is still your dice pool, mm-hmm. but that's, your difficulty for okay. the spell. But since this is a high enough difficulty, I'm going to start reminding you of a couple of the smaller things of mage, which will let you try to mess with the difficulty for your magic in advance. Because oh mages are about nothing if not making the world simpler in strange ways. Okay. First is we made sure you had a couple dots of avatar. You had three of those, which means technically you started off point with three points of quintessence, magic energy, basically. To start off, when you spend one point of that, for every point you spend, you can lower the difficulty of a spell by one. Your other option is you can try and make a little bit of a ritual out of it. So say you're, you've got a bigger or nicer prayer that you know that calls on whichever one of the forms of the goddess that you happen to like best for protection. We could have you make a... Charisma and expression role, say, to represent doing that prayer really well. And some success, successes there could also make your difficulty on the spell lower. Because Mage, if it does nothing else, lets you roll dice to make rolling dice easier. Mm-hmm. So you could use up some of your limited energy, or you could try and do a slightly heavier duty prayer and see if you're able to you know, establish that connection with the divine better. Okay, I don't want to use my limited resource because that's like the oh shit resource. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going to go with the powerful prayer. So how do I go about this? All right, I'd say expressions the best one for actually praying out, you know, being able to really put it out there. And even though you're only trying to convince yourself to an extent, I think charisma still counts pretty well for that. So you've got six dice on the difficulty six, and we can see how well you do. Here we go. Oof, I got one success. 
still difficulty six with four dice is a lot easier than difficulty seven with four dice. And you still have the ability to spend a point of quintessence if you want to. Or a point of willpower, you know. Okay, so one success brings it down to a difficulty six. And then I just... Are you going to spend any willpower? Mm, I should. One willpower for one automatic success? Your call? Yeah, I should. This is... This is shit's going to go down. I need to. Okay, so I'm going to sacrifice one willpower. All right. And now am I just doing my basic Arate spell? Yep, you're doing four dice versus six. Okay. All right, you got one. So with a total of two successes, one of them will let the spell be active. And we'll say that we'll put the other success towards duration. So it will actually last more than a couple rounds default. Okay. We'll let this last for the next hour. Hmm. Okay. So I think looking at that. So now you can soak lethal or aggravated for the next hour. And you've got one temporary point of paradox. Doesn't immediately do anything, but you have that tiny bit of backlash of supernatural energy because the world knows you're starting to do slightly impossible things to it. And it's not sure how, what it thinks about that. Okay. Madeline can feel her skin toughening up a bit, her muscles becoming denser, her bones becoming stronger. You feel that power surge through your body and also this slight bit of rebellion to it as well. The world isn't completely happy that you did this. You've used your power. You have the right to use that power. But there is resistance, just a bit. Still, you feel like you could take a hit a lot better now than any other human could. And while it doesn't guarantee someone's going to try and hit you, it's not a bad precaution. Not at all. Yeah, honestly. Especially since I'm like 5'2 and like 100 pounds, maybe. Yeah, no, she is not the strongest of people. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so she's going to, you know, hold on to her clear quartz as she you know gathers her energy and she says um holy well and sacred flame maiden mother and crone bright one be here within me give me the strength i need to overcome and as she says that she feels her body strengthening but she does feel that tinge of resistance and she kind of um once she feels safe and secure she'll put the crystal back in her fanny pack zip it up crank her her Um, flashlight and uh, head into the hallway again to see what else she can find. And she'll reassure Joseph saying, don't worry, we came prepared. We can do this, right? Yeah. Okay. We're braced. We're ready. Uh, We've got eight doors to go. Which one do you think we should go next? If, If the hallway could answer you, the hallway did. You can see the last door on the left start to creak open okay that's as good a sign as any (laughs) not just see but hear the old hinges Hmm. okay she's gonna straighten and could hear a bit of a shuffle sound okay well welcoming us we're going that way uh, sounds like well then wait nope that was like a heavy footfall. 
two, four heavy footfalls. Uh-oh. <laughs> Something is moving and out the door tromps. Wait, what? A dresser? A dresser on short little stuttering legs starts to tromp out the door oh. with that horrible little awkward beat because its legs are not long enough to do this very well. Uh, it's it, it shouldn't be doing this, frankly. It's just creaking, grinding wood instinctively. Yep, I just rolled for you really quick. As a reflex, your power of your sight comes back to you, and you can see the shadow of that man half on, half in the dresser, and you can hear his voice again. I warned you, yeehaw! And this dresser charges at you like a small stampeding bull. Oh my god. <laughs> huh. Okay, so if I started kind of heading that way but stopped when I heard the four thumps of something moving, then I should still have the option to turn back and go back into that room where the bed and the broken chair were, unless that door's not locked. I'm saying that you can do that. I was going to give you that chance of reaction before we had to do something that would turn into initiative. Yeah, I think like natural instinct for her seeing this short, stubby, weird thing chasing her would be to just turn the hell around and go back in that room, close that door, but also stand clear of the door in case the thing rushes it. Because she, you know, wood versus wood. She wants to see sort of how strong this ghost is. All right. You close that door behind you. Um, The chair is broken, but there is a small armoire still in this room. Without too much of a thought, you just shove it quickly against the door. It's hard to move because it's heavy, but you have just enough time to do that before you hear a thunk and the door rattles. The dresser clearly didn't have a lot of room to try to turn and hit the door directly. (laughs) So I had to get it more at a side angle. There's another couple. There's another quick thunk after that. And the sound of scraping wood as though the dresser is trying to reorient itself. Hmm. And, And slam. The hinges rattle. The dresser slams against the door. The hinges hold, though. The door holds. No real cracks, but it is like a small battering ram pit. You're pretty sure that bracing the door was a good move here. What you gonna do? <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm in this room. I'm basically closed in this room. Hear from outside. I warned you. I know you can hear me. I warned you. I think part of her, although she's scared, would be kind of annoyed, honestly. Like she's just trying to look and she understands that something's compelling this ghost to do this. But the fact that he's kind of making a game out of it, out of possibly hurting her is really just not sitting well with her. So, oh God, I think she would fight back. Um, Trying to decide how she would fight back. Looking at... All right. 
she's sitting there think or standing there thinking while you're thinking the door slams again you feel a small rattle going through it it's not the strongest hit either but you're pretty sure that he's basically making that dresser go back and forth over the five feet of hallway to try to get enough speed up to knock (laughs) in the door sooner or later he's going to either change tactics or get bored and then who knows what's going to happen but you might have a little more time first shit i'm trying to think of what to do what to do what to do because i could just teleport out into the garden if you want to yeah you got three different options i could say you could attack defend or run would be your, your good three sound accurate Definitely. Um, You've teleport pissed. is definitely your running. Yeah. Uh-huh. Your defend would be trying to put up anything else of like any kind of barrier and stuff like that. With correspondence and spirit, you could try to barrier, and then you have at least two different options for attacking. She's pissed, so she's gonna one attack. of them would be trying to attack the ghost directly with spirit magic, and the other would be probably slightly easier than attacking the ghost directly it's lower difficulty to try to attack its hold on the dresser and break its magic one or the other would be your options i think i'd try to counter that magic of his by breaking the hold all right so you can't see him directly because you closed the door so you'd have to do one spell first You'd want to use your correspondence magic to see through to the hallway so you could see what you're trying to do. And what's the difficulty? That's a difficulty five. Because no one can see you doing the impossible there. Well, I, I see everything, apparently. Yes. <laughs> you you call pick up that piece of quartz you had, look through it like a lens, tilt it this way and that for a moment, and it changes your vision of the wall and the door and they start stop being solid and start being ghostly transparent. You can see that dresser just like you were imagining it backing up, lining itself up for one more go at the door. It looks like he's trying to back it a little further down the hall, run along the far wall and then curve it into the door at the last minute. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, now- it's as smart as he can do with the dresser. It makes sense, but, but I'm still. not going to let him do it. <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I guess I still have to roll my Arate to what yeah. difficulty? Going to roll on a difficulty six. And because you're doing it through a scrying here, mm-hmm. that's going to eat away your first success. Okay. So you need at least two successes. All right. You got it. Okay, if on. you want to spend any willpower or any quintessence to lower your magic, this would be the time. I'll spend a point of willpower. All right. And I'm betting that you're going to be doing something involving Sage right now. I just have a feeling. (laughs) Listen. Give me a good description and we're going to see if that we can treat it kind of like a stunt and justify me giving you one more die or something like that. So give me a good description of how you're going to do this. Okay. Trying to think, trying to think. Witchy, witchy thought. Okay. So she's going to stand her ground now that she can see through this door and she kind of sees this, this ghost coming with the dresser. It just, just fuels her anger a little bit more. So she's going to reach in her pouch. 
she's going to pull out the athame and she's going to kind of, um, I would say, just inscribe like a symbol into the air, just like a protective symbol, but at the same time, um, kind of like a reverse symbol, like to just take whatever magic hold you have and turn it back so it becomes useless. And she's going to reach in her pouch And I think because she's such an activist, she wouldn't use sage because that's like a Native American herb and that's, you know, colonial magic. So she'd reach for rosemary and kind of rub it against the blade of the athame after she's done the symbol. And then while the athame is getting rubbed, she's going to point it up above her head and just kind of stab through the symbol that she created to activate it. I like that level of detail. We are going to lower it from six to five for you on your difficulty because you're thinking it's true. I like it. Okay. And I'm glad you did because I can't be, um, I need one success, but then I did use my willpower. So I got one success for it. All right. So you got one success to counter magic. I'll, I'll let that go through this time. And the dresser, as you're doing this has started to charge and then it just, stops and falls over and the ghost kind of slides through it and out of it it would be comical if it wasn't a guy with his throne torn out already doing so and just looks utterly baffled and he's like oh and turns around and like just runs back down the hallway uh, gets almost to the end looks like he's thinking better of it and then dives straight down through the floor. She'll approach the door, even though she can see through it, and yell, I warned you, Casper. I mean you no harm, but I will take no shit. And then she kind of like gasps and says, ooh, sorry, Joseph. I'll take no crap. And she corrects herself. You you can't see him on the brim of your hat, but you can feel like Joseph's doing a small mousy nod at that. Um, so I think she'd put her, her athame away and she'd open the door to look around. She sees the fallen dresser. She kind of gives it like a, not exactly a strong kick, but just like a defiant, annoyed one. And then she pulls her flashlight back up to just scan around. The ghost did go through the floorboards, but she wants to make sure it's really gone and not just going to come back in a, a different, you know, armor mecca that it has built. <laughs> yeah. It does not immediately come back up through the floor there. You do seem to have scared it off, at least for this moment. I'd say you have a pretty good feeling at this point that these ghosts aren't sure what to do with someone who can actually fight back, really fight back. Not just say, okay, I'm going to hit the dresser over or something like that. Though this is giving you a new understanding of why that room you were in might have been smashed up. Yeah. So she's thinking, okay, so now we have a ghost that's strong enough to hold things in the natural world. This means opening, closing doors, throwing things. We're looking at projectiles. We're looking at battering rams. She's thankful that she, you know, protected herself. She's going to grab Joseph from the brim of her hat and say, okay, that locked room to the left, slide under the door and tell me what you see. Okay. You pop him onto the floor. He crawls under the door. 
Remember how you can see through walls? Mm-hmm. Well, technically you can see through walls here too, but with Joseph, when I, we put him together, I actually did make sure he had the telepathy merit with you, which is how you've been talking with him. He's not just making these random little squeaks. Mm-hmm. He projects back to you in your mind a vision of the room. It's doesn't have as many colors as it has when you look at things. Mm-hmm. But you can see from the floor a four-poster bed, a dresser a, with a chair beside it, windows, everything all covered up in sheets. You can see the spot on the wall where the um, paint is slightly lighter than everything around it, like a painting had been removed from there. Okay. There's a small, there's what looks like a closet in here too. He crawls over to the dresser, climbs on top of it, and there's a wash basin empty and dried there with a glass pitcher in it. As he gets over, goes up, you can actually kind of feel the this odd sensation of what his little mousy claws must be feeling as he scrabbles through the rough linen and then clicks on what must be a mount a marble topping on this dresser. Whoever these people were, they at least had decent taste in their decorations. Hmm. Okay. So let's see. He would look around the room. She'd use, you know, his eyes to see. And now she's getting the sense. This is just another room. She's kind of, she doesn't notice anything really worthwhile other than rich people being rich. So she's going to say, come on, Joseph, let's look around as quickly as we can and see if we can find something that tells us something about this master that they keep referring to, or at least as to who these people are. All right. You head down. Joseph takes a quick peek under another couple doors as he's going. There's one that's partially cracked open on the left-hand side, not the last one. This is the third door in. As you look in, this bedroom is actually a little larger and better kept than some of the ones around it. And the furniture is actually a little dusty here. It looks like someone had taken the you know, covers off, move things around, put them back. It's this room isn't, this has actually been used, I would say. This would be a great chance for you to uh, do some serious sleuthing in here. Hmm. Okay. Is that a room that's locked or unlocked? This one's open. Okay. So she would walk in, start looking around. All right. Um, let's give me a straight perception roll against seven. Okay. Two successes. Nice. You almost missed it because of the fact that the lighting in here is so poor. But then you swing your flashlight over the correct spot and you notice that the dresser has been slightly moved sideways. You push it back. And on the floor, there is a bit of old dried blood splatter, which is mm-hmm. interesting. Okay. So the dresser move, we move it back, and there's blood. Just a little bit. Maybe it covers an area most the size of the palm of your hand. 
And it's, I'm assuming, dried and caked into the wood of the floor? Yeah, it's, ro- it's almost staining it a bit. Like somebody thought about cleaning it and then just decided this would be simpler hmm. okay. to just cover it up. Yeah. All right. So somebody was injured here. Maybe not died. Also, a shard of glass. I almost forgot. A shard of glass. Is a shard of glass near the blood stain? Yes. And is it also bloody or just a shard of glass? A tiny bit of blood on the end of it. You take a look at that and um, it's silvered on one side. This was actually a mirror fragment. Ooh. Okay. I'm trying to think witchy, witchy. Very possible that someone did some kind of magic here. I'm trying to think if I can do, uh, I don't know if I should even do a seance. Well, you already know who might answer. <laughs> yeah, I know. And they're not very helpful. Well, they're not having the best of time either. <laughs> yeah, it's not their fault. I, I pity them, but I also kind of want to punch them. Hmm. Okay, so somebody did something here. They maybe did a blood offering. Um, I'm going to look under the bed to see if I'll find like a giant pentacle or some other weird supernatural symbolism in here. All right. Uh you go to look under the bed you just have this bit of a hair crawling up the back of your neck again feeling like you did the first time you walked in I'm just rolled a a bit of an instinctive for you you just like this something felt a little supernatural you just remembered the scent of that those herb the anise again Mm -hmm. and realized that there probably indeed could be a ghost here again and you see one when you focus in on it. You see it. one. It looks like a younger girl, terrified. She might be only nine. Well, damn it. Children ghosts are the worst ghosts. Mm-hmm. I hope that's not crossing a line. If she is, uh, we'll upgrade no, no. a little bit. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she looks about nine. Okay. Um, and where is she? She's under the bed. She's under the bed. She's hiding. She is hiding. Okay. Um. Maddie is just going to follow the instinct and kind of crawl under the bed with her. She's very wiry, so she can fit there easily. And she's going to kind of pretend to be a child, too. And she's going to say, hey, I'm scared. We're hiding. Are we safe here? I I think so. Maybe. They always forget about me. It's best that way. It's best that way. What happened over there with the glass? It hurt. It hurt a lot. Where? Where did it hurt? She turns towards you and you can see that while the side of her face that was you saw at first was just like a terrified girl. The other side of her face looks like she's been cut from top of her face to the bottom of it, right through the eye and all the way down to her throat, which has been torn out as well. Okay. That's where the, that's where she found me. Oh no. That's where she had me. How did she do that? How did she how did she get your throat? She shudders and looks like she's ready to cry and said she was so thirsty. So thirsty. Okay. It's okay. I'm here now. I'll protect you, okay? She won't get you when I'm here. The old one doesn't know I'm here. The old one thinks he only has the others. They don't tell him about me. They don't want him to trap me too. Okay. Everyone except the dark one. So we'll be quiet. He ate his shadows and his shadows have eaten him. Oh, okay. So that kind of makes the hair on the back of her neck stand up. 
And Maddie finds herself whispering while looking through under the bed. She's the only one that likes to serve the master. The only one who really likes it. Okay, how many are in this house? I know you, I know that that girl with the t-shirt and the jeans and that, that, that man in the suit. How many more are there? There's the one who ate his shadows. There's the girl who plays guitar. There's the grandfather. And then there's the master. But he's not my master. Okay. A lot of them are sleeping. They try to sleep as much as they can. Because if they're asleep, they don't have to have heard him. But if they're awake, they have to have heard him. Do you know where the master is? He's sleeping. We don't want him to wake up. Do you know where he sleeps? He sleeps in the dark place. This whole house is a dark place. The darkest place. The darkest and deepest place. Ooh, but the lady, okay. but the lady helps me. She keeps me safe. What lady? She has, the one with the t-shirt? No, no, not the one with the t-shirt. But she's almost as nice as the girl who plays guitar. Okay. No, the lady with the bark for her skin. She oh. has leaves in her hair and skin the color of bark. It's rough but soft at the same time. She's very kind. Mm, okay. Okay, you stay hiding. I'm going to go downstairs, okay? Is there a basement in this house? Don't go there. Don't go there. Don't go there. It's okay. It's okay. I won't get hurt. He'll stay eat, here. He'll wake up. He'll eat you. He'll eat you from the inside, and then he'll own you. He'll own you forever. What about the lady that hurt you? Where is she? She left. She's gone? She left. She left with the kids. No, no, no sorry. She, she wouldn't say kids. She left... She left with the new ones. She left with the new ones. Okay. That was years ago. When was the last time someone was here? I don't know. I don't know. I try to count the suns, but I can't keep up track of them. I don't know how many happened, but it snowed and melted and snowed and melted and snowed and melted. What keeps you here? I I don't, I, I, I don't, I can't, I don't understand. Okay. Um. She. She looks even more terrifying, and the dead side of her face starts to cry before the less dead side of her face does. Okay, Maddie's going to kind of reach out, and she knows she can't hold her. Not without doing more magic, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So she's going to kind of reach out, and right before she, her hand goes through her, she kind of stops herself. Uh, part of her really wants to do magic to help this girl cross to the other side but the other side of her knows that she can't really afford to be doing spells willy-nilly and it kind of breaks her heart a little bit that she can't help but wants to but it kind of seeing this girl fuels her to continue searching because now she has to get rid of whatever is here so that all these trapped spirits can find the light so to speak so she says, hey, hey, don't cry. It'll be okay. Just stay hiding here. I'm going to make sure that everything's okay, all right? Just whatever you do, don't leave this spot. I don't. I don't unless they're near and then I go somewhere else. Okay. Okay. How do I know if they're near? You saw me. You see them. The same. Okay. All right. I'm going to go, but I'll be back. I promise you, okay? Okay. Don't cry. Everything will be okay. 
if you if you see the nice one with the leaves in her hair, tell her I'm still safe. What's your name? Emily. Emily. Hi, Emily. I'm Maddie. I'll be sure to pass your message along. Okay. And with that, Maddie's going to slowly slide out from under the bed, stand up, and she's going to feel her hands a little shaky because now things feel a little real, a little more real. She doesn't know, you know, kind of what's in the basement. It, you know, it could be an antediluvian. It, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Am I that mean? I, I don't answer that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it you know it it could be you know that there's like a, a hungry werewolf who's out here, just you know ripping throats out, or just a, just an everyday vampire. The fact that you know she's talking about shadows, you know, that has her thinking of a different possibility. You know, different possibilities as to what this could all be. But all she knows is that. Whatever the hell's going on, she does not want to wake up whatever's in the basement. Um, no, uh, I will actually, if you'd like an intelligence and a cult role to try and pull some of the symbolism out of all that stuff that she was saying. Yeah, let's do that. Intelligence, cult. Okay, difficulty? Let's call this one a seven. It's not all that easy and straightforward. Okay. Oh, oh that's wow. beautiful. <laughs> wow. Okay. So you've heard before that a lot of ghosts are plagued by their darkest selves. So when she says that somebody was eaten by their shadows, she literally could mean that that a ghost that was consumed by all of its own dark impulses until nothing but its selfishness and violence and malice remained of it. Mm -hmm. That's one possibility that's relatively likely with ghosts. The other is something, a ghost that actually has power over them maybe Mm -hmm. because ghosts can sometimes play with light and visual things. They aren't just necessarily controlling physical objects, but they could be controlling and messing around with perceptions instead. Okay. Maybe a combination of the two would be reasonable to think, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but given that she's everyone's had destroyed throats, basically to varying degrees and that woman was so thirsty, the woman who left, there's a reasonable possibility that at least in the past, there had been a vampire here. Okay. Maybe there still is, maybe there isn't, I don't know, but you're not certain on that one, but there at least was. And this could be the kind of freight train of wreckage that it left behind that whoever the master is took advantage of. Okay. So knowing that, She's going to kind of pick up Joseph, put him back on the brim of her hat. She's going to very quietly exit the room and close the door behind her and aim the the flashlight back at the hallway and say, Joseph, keep an eye out. There may be a leech around. I don't know if she's still here. Don't know if this is, you know, a hunting spot for her. So keep an eye out. If your ears pick up on something before mine do, let me know. Okay. I definitely like the sound of that person with the leaves. Well, we don't know what that is. It could just she could just be misunderstanding that that's the tree outside. It, it could be a nature spirit. We don't know. Could be. I just gave you a quick things you might think of role, and um, sacred trees sometimes have dryads. 
Yeah, I was thinking either like a dryad or when when she mentioned the the bot the lady with the leaves and the bark for skin, I thought either a dryad or some other nature spirit or like a physical manifestation of the tree itself. Okay. Yeah. Well, I gave you you got two on a difficulty eight for me to be able to kindly hand over that knowledge. So that's a pos a real possibility. Okay. Hmm. So if there's this this spirit, this benevolent spirit, nature spirit around, I would want to commune with it. But at this point, oh, she searched part of the hallway. She's like halfway through the hallway. She knows there's more ghosts. Some are fine. Some she doesn't want to wake up. How would she access the garden from indoors? Would she have to go back outside and walk around? Or is there a place that she saw coming in that could lead to the garden aside from the window and then jumping out? Uh, Well, when you had looked down at the stone veranda there, Mm -hmm. there had been a bunch of first floor doors scattered along the interior of it. So you should be able to just head down the stairs and find one of those doors relatively easily. Yeah. Just as long as you... Focus along that area. Yeah, that's going to be the game plan to turn around, go back downstairs and start looking through those doors until she can find her way outside. All right. All right. So we go downstairs, um, kind of my back is facing the front door and I'm looking again at the two stairways that lead upstairs. And then under that veranda area, there's doors. How many doors are there? All right. Yeah. When you look back towards the back behind the stairs, you can see a set of double doors behind the staircase. Kind of it goes upwards. You go around under it, and there's a set of double doors there that lead outside. There's probably more in other rooms, but this is the nearest set. As you start to head towards those doors, you hear and feel a bit of something around to your back and to your right turn yep aiming my flashlight at it all right you see that woman from before who you'd seen with the jeans and t-shirt on the staircase it looked like she looks horribly distorted mangled and there's this aura of fear and pressure coming off of her she turns to you screams and yells in a voice that sounds like it's been filled with broken glass get out of here and never return and you can feel the pressure of the fear she's trying to exert on you i'm going to give you a willpower roll mm-hmm. difficulty okay. is six okay. all you got to do willpower is beat her roll which wasn't the best <laughs> Okay, so I have, I'm down to six willpower. That's your permanent. You roll the permanent. Oh, so eight. Yeah, mages always get to roll the permanent. They're willpower creatures. Well, I definitely beat her roll. Yeah, you can feel her try to extrude her fear upon you to force it through you, but you can shrug that off. I think she's going to do that by giving her a very polite and calm middle finger. And she's going to say, I told you once, I told you twice, this will be thrice. I'm not here to give you trouble, but you're giving me trouble and I will give it back. Now back off. Again, this is the second time you've utterly baffled one of these ghosts by not being affected by their powers. She just actually, the look 
of threat turns to a look of fear on her face again, and this one backs off to regroup. Yeah. She's going to turn back around. Flees back into the house. You know, at this rate that they're probably going to have been comparing some notes and (laughs) whatever they do next is going to be a little more interesting. It's going to be a joint effort. (laughs) Uh, She's going to turn around and tug on the, the double doors to see if they open. They do. They're a little stiff. And you realize that there's actually a small pull chain latch at the top that you have to just pull this cord down. It pulls a pin out of the ceiling and then suddenly the doors will creak open for you nicely. Okay. So she's going to pop that door open and look out into the the garden and just be like, you know, Joseph, these ghosts are really starting to piss me off. I bet you piss them off too. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to kind of chuckle at that step into the garden and because the the moon is relatively new, she's still going to have to use her flashlight and say, I'm thinking that there's a nature spirit somewhere. And if there is a nature spirit somewhere by that tree, we may just be in luck because we can get help. I like that. Yeah. So she's going to approach the, the giant walnut tree that she's already so drawn to, to see if she can communicate with it. All right. You end up crossing most of the distance across the veranda. It would have felt good to step on the ground, but with all those pits in this darkness, it'd be too easy to slide into one without thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So you decide to do that instead. As you set your feet back on the soil, you can feel the earth below you again. Feel that beautiful connection to life, to things rotting, growing, renewing. And you see where you step, the grass refreshes itself as though there had been more rain this season than we've been having. It's kind of a hopeful sight. A few dandelions open themselves up far too late in the season, but do so anyway at your passage. And you walk over green thumb. Yeah. And you get to walk up to this tree. This walnut tree is at least a whole story taller than the house itself. So we're talking like 40 or 50 feet up there. It's massive. If you had three people with you, maybe the four of you together would be able to stretch your arms around it. It's over a yard across. And the entire lawn there is riddled with dropped walnuts, some of which have already been chewed on by squirrels and such as you get closer um you can hear joseph said uh can you put me down sure and she'll pick him off the hat and then just gently put him in the grass and you can see him run over to a walnut that's already lost its outer husk and start chewing his way into it looking for the meat honestly joseph honestly a food break i told you i was hungry you're always hungry what do you expect uh she kind of chuckles at him and walks up to the tree and just kind of, even though this this trunk is so massively wide, she presses her whole front against it and hugs it, just kind of feeling the, the energy of the tree and the kinship with nature. And it kind of just really, really solidifies her resolve that she has to save this area. Mm-hmm. Even without trying to call on your higher senses, you can feel 
that this trunk it has ancient strong energy to it this tree has endured long before anything else around here has that its roots predate the colonies maybe even so how do i go about trying to summon the spirit of this tree well a prime and spirit role could turn on your senses enough that you could confirm that whether or not the tree does have a spirit that's already around and awake and whether or not that's connected to the node that you are pretty sure is certain is here. So if I'm using two spheres. It's still the same difficulty. It's still, it's the, your, it's still yeah, the same so, parity. Yeah, the, your dice stay the same with very few exceptions, mm-hmm. no matter what, but the difficulty changes. It's the highest dot and sphere you need, plus three for a coincidental spell, which is one that somebody wouldn't think is impossible if they saw it going on. Plus four for a vulgar spell, something that somebody would think is impossible. If you don't have any witnesses, that would be, you know, mundane people. And plus five if you have mundane witnesses. So that's why your sensory spells are really easy. They're difficulty four because nobody could tell you're doing something that's impossible. And it's only level one to just extend your senses to determine and get information. Mages are really good at getting information. Hmm, And then you could decide what you want to do would be a spirit spell to try and wake up this tree or get its attention once you confirm what's going on. But it's always best to look and then act. Yeah. Learn that the hard way. Okay. So just my basic Arate roll, my four dice and difficulty four. Yep. Okay. Oh, wow. See, only one success will do it, and you're guaranteed one success, basically, if you want to just take them out of difficulty four. But I like having you roll these because when you do really well, I have excuses to give you more information. Yeah. (laughs) So you thought that this tree might be the node before. You're certain now that it's a node. It's a dormant node, which means no one's been tending it, going after its energy maintaining it or something like that so it's been sleeping so it's not producing quintessence as much as it could when it's active but this tree does have the potential to be a relatively moderate powered node its roots seem to be drawing the power and water from somewhere deep in the ground this tree and you're certain that whenever they built this house they were forced to just go around it its foundation, with the foundation instead of actually trying to chop this tree up. Something about it just wanted to stay here and was listened to. You don't have enough knowledge and time to confirm that, but it's the feeling you get. And you are also definitely convinced that this tree does have a strong spiritual presence. There's probably a dry head like you were suspecting here. And if so, if it's just taking a light nap or looking at something else in the general area, it wouldn't be very hard to wake it up with some prayers and or offerings. But because you did so well, you, I'm going to hand you a third piece of awesome knowledge right off the bat. Now, remember how I said that this tree would be a node and it would produce magical energy, basically? Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes that magical energy solidifies into something that can be used later. And mages tend to call that tass. The walnuts from this tree seem to be charged with a portion of its magical power. 
So you could use them as a power source for magic. And if the node was fully active, it'd be probably be even stronger in individual ones, or it'd be producing an even bigger crop. Of course, here's my mouse eating it. Well, that's fine, because technically your familiar needs to get a certain amount of quintessence from you every week to stay active and stuff in the real world and support its magical nature. Mm-hmm. So you feeding this is good. It lets him do his tricks. <laughs> so I think based on that information, I can kind of scry and call the dryad to me using something from the tree, meaning either the walnut shell, the husk, or the, the seed itself as yeah, a catalyst. I mean- Yeah, I mean, you have the tree with you, and if you pulled the energy out of some of those walnuts, that would make it even easier for you to do the spell. Okay, so... Which, of course, probably just means the easiest way would be eating some of them. Okay, so... Uh, You don't like... Does Madeline not like walnuts? (laughs) No, it just means I have to have my familiar chew the outside of it for me, (laughs) so I can get to the nut. Either that, or temporarily boost your strength enough to crack a few open. (laughs) True, true. I mean, technically, since I'm already protected, my body is stronger. So could I do it given the spell I already have on? Uh, you'd be wanting to give yourself extra points and strength for that. Okay. And I would do that by... That's a difficulty seven life roll for Arate there. Mm, yeah, let's try it. Difficulty seven. I mean, again, if you're trying to do anything to lower it, we can do that. Or you can just try and do a really quick prayer and see what happens too. Yeah. Let's just try to do a quick prayer. All right. Four dice on seven. Let's see how you do one. Okay. All right. That boosts your strength up to three. I'll say with three strength, plus you got your walking stick with you that you had, Mm -hmm. you pop a few of the walnuts onto a stone and smash them with the butt of your walking stick a couple of times and that'll crack them open. Okay. And one extra strength will do that. Technically, yeah. you did a mild impossible thing. So there's one more little point of paradox waiting to potentially do something on you later. Okay. Every now and then I check whether or not that paradox feels active. Mm-hmm. And if it does, you have a chance at a tiny backlash. Okay. Oh. Oh, she very active. <laughs> <laughs> Immediate karma slap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As you've call on your strength to or call upon you know the forces of the divine to strengthen your body up and toughen it up you up and strike those walnuts with all your force you feel them crack you feel that happen and you feel like you accidentally pulled up more energy than you need and it flares outward a bit you can just feel it with your senses like a small supernatural wave heading off of you and falling into the plant matter around you. The grass starts to grow a little bit at a more fantastic rate than it did before and springs back up straight. The wind whips around a little bit and a couple of the other walnuts crack open and start to turn into trees on top of the soil, going about of growing to about seven or eight inches long, and then in falling down dead 
from lack of purchase because they didn't have their roots in the ground. It's just like they go through their lifespan really quickly. Mm-hmm. Boom. Sometimes paradox hurts you. In this case, what it ended up doing was burning up a reasonable bit of the tasks around you that no longer is useful. Mm, okay. And probably also acted as a beacon for anything supernatural that's nearby because there was a surge of power that you felt with your senses, which means anything else could have felt it with its senses that can tell. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I'm going to take some of the nut meat that I did crack and put a little bit in my fanny pack and then take some of it and I'm going to eat it to build like a kind of bonding and kinship spell with the tree so I can summon the dryad to me. All right. You had three points of quintessence available to you to begin with. Thanks to doing this, you actually have five points now. Okay. So you could spend those two points immediately to be able to reduce the difficulty of the spell to get the dryad by two. Yeah, I think I will do that. That's the most appropriate because they're also of the dryad's own resonance, the dryad's magic flavor. Mm-hmm. So that will make it an additional one easier than normal. So your difficulty for summoning the dryad will be four instead of seven. And it's still an arate roll? Yeah. Okay. Actually, sorry, three instead of seven. Three. Six, my bad. So you got a difficulty three roll here. Thanks to having the exact best things. Now tell me what you're going to do to try and get the dryad's attention. <laughs> okay, so if I'm eating the nut meat as catalyst. The nut meat's giving you the energy and giving you a connection. But yeah. now you got to think to yourself quickly. So how am I going to make use of this connection? True. Okay. I wrote down like a tiny list of suggested tools and stuff for you on page two, which might help you get some ideas. Okay. Let's see what I got. Based on how we described your practice. Well, it would be most appropriate to use herbs. Yep. You are definitely using herbs here. And you're probably going with the classic witchcraft kind of practice method in. Yeah. Which means, you know, you might actually do a full call the quarters around the tree and try and say the secret names of walnuts and such. Ooh, invoke, like that. invoke the name the of whichever. Spirit. Yeah. yeah. Invoke the name of the whatever aspect of the goddess that you happen to be working with here. Because I we haven't defined that too carefully yet, but I don't know if you're working with one of the Celtic aspects or more of a Greek Hecate style or such. I'm going to sum. Okay, so I like that. I'm going to work with Demeter and the Greek pantheon, the goddess of grain and fields and life. I like this. This is excellent. And it's myths I'm good and familiar with them easily. Oh, good. Good. Um, so I think with that, oh, I really like that. Give me one second. So I'm thinking I'll ingest the nut meat. I'll take a dandelion, which is growing around me. And that is a sacred herb to Demeter, fact. And <laughs> I'll uh, kind of sit in a circle of dandelions and kind of center myself I'll close my eyes. I'll, you know, think of uh, Demeter and say, Demeter, celestial deity, you are the spirit of my work. 
who controls the season, the harvest of the, the clean, unaltered world. Uh, let the job that I wish to be granted for me, that I may see this dryad as for a job that's well paid and lasting and meaningful. You know, Demeter, goddess of prosperity and abundance, please listen to my prayer. In your name, I beseech you in prayer so that this may be, so mote it be. And then with that, I'll take um, some of the dried uh, roots that I may have in my pouch and I'll create a circle and I'll focus on it. Use that sort of like as a beacon of energy to draw the dryad to me. Awesome. Roll your three dice. I mean, sorry, roll your four dice against difficulty three here. Three successes. All right. I mean, you're at the dryads tree. You're doing, we did everything we could to lower your difficulty as much as possible. You can feel the energy starting to pick up and wake the dryad within the tree. You didn't quite hit the threshold for it, but you yet, but you can feel that your spell is starting to take hold and you can feel the energy building up around you. Mm-hmm. We're going to say that you're probably going to have to repeat the prayer a couple of times and we're going to give you a second roll. As you do this, you can feel the wind moving a little bit. You can see the stars shining clearer at night as the clouds feel like they're parting. And you also can start to see the movement of ghost lights within the windows of the house. Okay. So I roll again and I get three successes. All right. So five successes total is going to be enough to wake the dryad. But remember how I said that you also definitely felt like you had unleashed enough energy to attract attention? Mm-hmm. As this, you call the dryad, you repeat your prayer, you can see and feel within the tree a, a movement a pressure you can see a bit of a face almost starting to form in the bark and since we had your spirit side on you can see the woman with the skin like bark the hair like leaves walnuts as earrings stepping out of the tree to in acknowledgement but you can also see the lights in those windows like eyes around you having grown brighter And whatever's in the house, yes, all the things in the house, perhaps even, have started to look at you. Shit. You have accumulated attention. Oh, boy. You succeeded beyond your intentions to succeed. I know. (laughs) Remember, paradox has consequences. True. But nothing bad happened with your new paradox for this spell. Okay, good. Okay. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Want to find out more about the story? Join our Discord channel. The link is in the description.